0: Today, we have our first Canadian guest. We have Katie Denver on with us. She will be talking about how her and her husband did IVF for genetic purposes. They both found out they were carriers for cystic fibrosis. um, So they wanted to go through this path to be able to genetically test their embryos. So we are so excited to have you, Katie.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And like we were saying before, I feel like I already know you guys just from watching, (laughs) watching you guys on Instagram and following you guys.
0: I love we that. You both have
1: adorable little babies.
0: Oh well, thank you. It's so nice meeting you. We're so happy you're on. And basically, I mean, if you clearly know how it kind of works, but we love to give you the floor. And I I saw that you've been on this journey for about a year now. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's been basically a year, but with all the genetic testing we've done, it's probably been a total of two years now.
0: Wow. Well, um, we would love to hear if you just start from the beginning and kind of share everything with us.
1: Yeah, no worries. Well, so basically. My How it all started was my husband's cousin's daughter uh, has cystic fibrosis, so his mom said to the family that they should all get tested to see if they carry the gene, so we did, they got 23 and me, so it was like a big Christmas thing they did, <laughs> oh. everyone got 23 and me, and everyone tested for CF, and we thought, okay, well, Connor, you'll test, and if you don't have cystic if you don't have the gene, then we're all good. Um, it came back that he carries the gene for cystic fibrosis Um, so then we were like okay well then I'll do it and and if I have the gene then we'll go from there if not we'll be fine and I was like no way I'm going to be a carrier for this like we've never heard about this in my family so I did 23andMe and I I came back as a carrier and it was a complete shock to myself and Connor and to my family so um, that was just 23andMe so we're like okay let's get proper blood work done to see if this is for real um although 23 is very accurate so we yeah, we Katie, then went
2: I was I was going to ask like what is the likelihood that you would be a carrier for cystic fibrosis is it like 1% or I
1: I actually don't know the likelihood but I know that it's very common in european backgrounds
0: oh interesting
1: um, and we're both irish scottish so it's like
0: and you have to have this maybe a dumb question so like both people have to be carriers in order to to pass it on to a child. Like it just can't be one.
1: Right. So it's an autosomal recessive, meaning it has to come, one has to come from both parents. Got it. Um, so, so the fact that we're both carriers gives a one in four chance of having a baby with cystic fibrosis. So every pregnancy would have a 25% chance.
2: Wow. wow. And, and last question, I, I want to, I'll let you keep going where you, you guys, it sounds like we're not actively trying to build your family. This was just like a Christmas present. And
1: yeah, this was just us being proactive in the process, knowing that we did not want to risk having, bringing in a child with cystic fibrosis
0: because
1: mm-hmm. it's, it's a really, really sad disease that, I mean, the, the research is getting much better with prognosis and stuff like that, but it's it's a lot of work for, for the the person who has cystic fibrosis and the family, um, and the prognosis isn't fantastic, although it is getting better with a lot of research.
2: Yeah, and can kind you of explaining it a little bit? Oh, sorry, Kat. But no, I-, I was... I was going to ask a similar question, Amanda. So I work in healthcare and and one of my um, clients in terms of consulting, it was a cystic fibrosis, like ward or wing in a hospital. And it's very, like, basically it's just the, like, they can get very sick and I'll let you do a better job of explaining it. But, but it sounds like it's just a very like fragile disease.
1: It is very fragile. So it's a disease that affects your lungs and your organs and your digestive tract. And basically, your lungs filled with fluid and your digestive tract isn't um, digesting enzymes properly in your body. Um, So a lot of fluid build up and um, respiratory issues, and it's very, very easy for them to become ill. Um, And so it's really dangerous for them to be exposed to anything. I also coached volleyball and I had a girl on my team who had cystic fibrosis and just watching her every day. I mean, she was amazing. She was awesome. And, but the amount of pills and medicine and PT she had to do every morning and every night. Um, it's just so it's such a serious disease. So
2: Thanks for explaining that. So you, and sorry, we both, we both interrupted you. I was just, it's a, it's a rare disease and a lot of people don't really know. So moving forward, you guys are like, okay, we need to take this seriously. Let's kind of look at fertility.
1: Yeah. So we decided we wouldn't want to be, we really had to sit down and talk about it. We didn't want to be in a situation where we get pregnant naturally and then do an amnio and have to TSMR. Um, We didn't want to be stuck in that situation. So we thought, okay, we can do IVF and genetically test our embryos. Um, So silly me, I was like, okay, this is going to be so easy. Like, <laughs> we can do IVF. It's going to be a breeze and it'll work out so quickly. Oh my gosh, no.
0: That <laughs> everyone, I feel like, and then quickly realized not the case.
1: <laughs> like, very quickly realized that that is not the case and it is so difficult. And I feel for anyone going through it. So it's crazy, but yeah, anyway, so basically what we did was after I confirmed through blood work that we both were carriers, then um, we were hooked up with a genetic counselor. However, that process took a long time. So I said, we've been in this for about two years. It took a long time to get an appointment with a genetic counselor and get our blood work done here in Ontario. Cause we have free healthcare, which is amazing, but then everything takes longer mm. um, than in the States. So that was a long process to do that. I would say maybe like six to seven months to even get that blood work and counseling oh done. Yes,
0: that yeah. is I'm sure so stressful in itself because you're ready now or like knowing. This, yeah, like
1: to be honest, I was okay. We we were we weren't married yet, so we were waiting to get married. So this was before we even got married. We were starting oh, to do all of wow. this.
0: that. I mean, very proud I feel like that's good to know, like prior to marriage.
1: Yeah um yeah so then and then our families, we told we obviously told my family because it was a shock to them so um then my mom went my mom and dad went and got tested to see where the gene came from in my family um and it came from my mom um and she was she was so upset but I told her it's it's, genes like it's not your fault nothing you've done totally fine like it's all good nobody's fault here so it's not yeah And then, and then we started the IVF process, which, so that was about a few months later, we started the process. Um, And just on my initial testing, it came back that my AMH was super low. Like I was at a four and I'm 30. So they, I was like a 40 year old, I guess.
2: Isn't that so interesting? I heard you say like IVF is going to be a breeze probably because you're like, I don't have quote unquote infertility. And then yes. you, I, I see that a lot with like single mothers by choice. They're like, oh yeah, we're just going to do, I'm going to do IVF and have a baby. And then they get in and have low AMH or they have recurrent miscarriage. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I was. So that was kind of shocking news. Um, and then my doctor was like, okay, we got to act right away because this is, this is low. So we did pretty quickly, we did two egg retrievals. Two? Yeah, I did. I did them back to back. So the plan was, that so nice. everyone, a fun fact is everyone in Canada gets one funded cycle of IVF.
2: Oh, that's very but nice. The wait but... list
1: is like two years long. Gosh. One to two years long, depending what clinic you're at.
0: Now, if you um, paid for it, would you like skip the wait list or? Yeah.
1: So I kind of did the loophole way where I was like, okay, I will pay for my first retrieval. And then they, I don't know I should, if I should say this, but I think they bumped me up the list because I paid for my first.
2: Yeah. First that's retrieval.
1: interesting. And he said too, because of my AMH was so low, he could prioritize me, um, so my first one was paid and then my second one was funded and I did them back to back December and January of 2021. Wow. And, um, and the cool thing about the funded cycle too, is whatever embryos you get from your funded cycle, uh, the transfers are funded as well. So you're not paying for those transfers.
2: Awesome. Oh, wow. So like, if you got five embryos, you could transfer all five free yeah. of charge. Oh, that's so, it's yeah. so nice.
1: Yes. So um, basically what happened was, so after my two retrievals, we ended up with 10 embryos, which was like a really good outcome for having such low AMH. That's
0: amazing.
1: Um, Yeah. And then we genetically tested them. So we tested them for CF and then we decided, you know what, let's test them for the chromosomes as well while they're doing it. We might as well. So um, it came back that we have three euploids and then two low level mosaics high level mosaic, which my doctor isn't sure on using. Um, and then three of the 10 have cystic fibrosis,
2: which wow. was like
1: bang on with the, um,
2: percentages. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I mean, all in all though, you probably felt like super, I mean, r- relieved, like we did this for a purpose.
1: Yeah. It, it made me realize that this was the right route to take. Um, however, and then I, however, it's so strange. So like I have a friend who did it for the same reason and she, she was doing it for the same reason as myself, but doesn't have the low AMH. So she got a ton of embryos and then like one had CF.
2: Wow. Yeah. But, I guess I just I never know, I guess. I, mean, I know. So I have a question, um, in terms of like the testing. So I know there's PGT, like what PGT a and M and is, there's another one, right? Uh,
1: there's a, there's PGtam and then SR, but I don't know anything about the SR.
2: So I was going to ask you which one, which version of that do you do for specific diseases such as cystic fibrosis versus like the chromosomes?
1: Uh, PGTM is for the. Let me just double check this. I'm pretty sure PGTM is for the cystic fibrosis. And,
2: and I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever you yeah. tell me, <laughs> I'll just say, oh, okay. okay. Yeah.
1: PGTM is for, for like carriers of diseases. And then PGPA okay. is for chromosomes.
2: Awesome. Um, I just wanted to add that for listeners. Cause I know yeah. it's very confusing and there are different ones.
1: So, and then also a little trick for people that are using iGenomics to do this type of testing. I found this through like one of my Facebook groups that I'm in is if you're doing both, they'll do a simultaneous test where they test. PGT-A and M at the same time. But if you want to save like a thousand dollars, you can ask them to do a series testing, which will test for your, it will do your PGT-M first. And if that embryo has whatever they're testing for. So in our case, if the embryo has CF, it doesn't go on to do the PGT-A. They just That's smart. there. there. Yeah, and because- it saves you like a thousand dollars, but they don't advertise it.
2: Sure. I'm sure. Okay, good. That's a nice nice trick to know. A hot tip. (laughs) Hot tip. (laughs) Okay. So going back, if I heard you right, you have three euploid embryos and then three, two low and one high mosaic. Is that correct? So five. Yeah, that's correct.
1: Five total. um, And we actually just did our first transfer um,
2: last month, but it sadly
1: ended in a chemical.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. So sorry.
1: <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, it was actually really tough. It was way tougher than I thought it would be. Um, but so we have two eupoids now and three mosaics left, or two eupoids and yeah, three mosaics left.
2: Yeah, yeah. Wow. So do you? I, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into it, like the transfer protocol. Okay. Is it gonna change. How is all that looking for you?
1: Um. So we base. So we did a we did a medicated cycle with estrogen and progesterone um, and my lining also on top of my AMH, my lining is like super difficult and stubborn on estrogen, which, so we got my lining up. I, I tried transfers. I tried for a transfer twice and two times they were canceled.
2: Because of so a thin lining?
1: Well, the first one actually was because I had COVID. I got COVID and I was, well, I was like, okay. But then I was kind of panicking. I didn't know. I was like, I don't know if I want to go through with this. Like, I don't feel amazing.
2: And like COVID can be inflammatory and that's the last thing you want in your body when you're transferring. Yeah,
1: exactly. So then, so we canceled, but the crazy thing was, was my clinic that was back in May. And then my clinic was closing for the entire summer for renovations. Oh, So I knew that if I canceled that cycle, I would be now waiting until the fall to transfer. So that was tough. And, but I ended up enjoying my summer a lot. So that was good. That's good. Yeah. And then, and then when they finally opened again, it was, so six months later. That That is
2: patience. That is patience. I was going to say you
0: have like crazy patience. I would be like Going to like every other clinic, I feel like like a crazy person.
1: I know. Well, there was an option to transfer embryos and like move embryos to another clinic and transfer, but I just didn't want to risk it and do that. I get that. Just personally. Um and I had a I had a fun summer, so it was good. But so then when I came back, we we tried for another cycle, but my lining was too thin. So we had to cancel again. And I was like, Oh my gosh, is this ever gonna happen? Like, what is going on? And then the following month we did again and my lining got to, my lining was good. Um, we transferred and it just felt like now there was so much build up to this transfer.
2: Almost a so, year. Well, really like half.
1: Yeah. And then all the waiting, like I was like, Oh my goodness, this is crazy. So it was so exciting to finally get it done. Um, and then my husband would not let me test at home. He would not let me take tests. Oh my so, gosh. I had no idea. And my clinic waits until 12 days oh, transfer. To, for that's, first so long.
2: that's like the true. <laughs> <two beta. way. laughs>
1: it was insane. And I was like, please just let me take a test. But he, I'm like, I spiral. I spiral so quick.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. So <laughs> it, honestly, you know, honestly, it was probably good that you didn't take a test um, for that first one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and then my when they called me, my my beta was positive, but it was really low at 80. But they oh, were like, see, well, I still think
2: that's high.
1: Well, so I did too. They were, it's I would say it was still high because when I see other people with chemicals, their betas are like three, four, yeah, like, a four. Or yeah.
2: like thirty. Yeah, my my first IVF and only IVF transfer, my beta was like thirty-one or thirty-two, and they basically were like, and it' happening.
1: Yeah, so they basically weren't po- like they weren't saying anything exciting, but they also weren't being negative about it. They're just like, we honestly just have to wait and see. What happens they,
2: in Canada, do they use the famous, um, optimally or cautiously optimistic?
1: Nobody used that with me. No,
2: good. <laughs> I hate that. I'm like, don't if I have to hear that we're cautiously optimistic one more time.
1: <laughs> no, the one thing I like about my doctor is that he's like super personable, but also just like very even keeled. Like, he doesn't get excited, he doesn't get like he's just very that's awesome. Like matter of fact, like I, like this is what's happening, yeah, but so kind when he's doing it too, Aww. which I really like. Um, so anyways, that I thought the two week wait was hard, but those two days between beta one and beta two was probably the worst two days ever.
2: And had you been prepped by hearing that on our podcast? Our podcast. <laughs> yes. And like I saw
1: on Instagram. I see people talk about it all the time. I'm like, it can't be that bad. Come on, guys. Like, oh my gosh, it was horrible.
2: <laughs> Especially and, when you have an iffy beta. You're like, what's gonna happen?
1: Yeah, like I was really all go over...
2: either way.
1: Yeah. All over Reddit, like all over Facebook, looking for positive stories to, you know, like keep me going, but
2: Reddit, yes, I've been there, done that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, but then anyways, I did my second beta and it went down to 60. So from 80 to 60, which I still find like it was pretty high for chemical. So anyways, and it hit me a lot harder than I thought it would. Like I really didn't, I wasn't prepared for that.
2: Yeah, I don't think anyone ever is, and I mean, yeah, especially like when it's so, I guess, short lived. I mean, it was such a long anticipated pregnancy, and then, yeah, yeah and then within forty eight hours.
1: Yeah, truly forty eight hours because I hadn't taken any tests. Yeah, um, and no. So sorry. Thank you. And then I had my follow up with my doctor like two days after, which was very soon.
0: Yeah, it was fast. Yeah
1: yeah but we've and met again
0: was this. this was when
1: this was at the end of november so a month ago it was actually actually my first beta was november 28th so one month oh ago a month ago yeah
2: wow. wow yeah my 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 chemical ivf was actually november 23rd of last year and oh, it was wow. I, I feel like parallel um so much
1: can change in 12 months and it's so so difficult too because they often don't know why Why? they can't tell you why that's like a lot of things with this right so we've done some more testing and things came back fine um so for the following I've actually met with my doctor twice now which is great and we have a plan in place but we did a diagnostic cycle this month just to see what my lining did on its own without estrogen. And it was the thickest it's ever been.
2: Oh my gosh. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Which made me so happy. So we're going to look at it again this month to see if it was just a fluke or not. And then if it wasn't, then do a natural cycle, which would that's make so, me so happy to not have to take estrogen. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. Oh and I mean, for not, well, I mean, I know you have like a lower or low AMH, but for not having experienced infertility per se, um, that's, that's so interesting for listeners to like realize that that's an option with IVF, especially yeah. for genetics. Like you don't have to do like a whole medicated cycle to transfer your embryos. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. So like, really, that was my first pregnancy ever. I've still like, fun fact, have never taken a pregnancy test ever. Um, I think that my next transfer, I will be testing.
2: Just to kind of prepare yourself.
1: Yeah. And then that like two days between beta one and beta two could be a little bit better than what it was.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's where we are, but it's been a long road.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. That's so exciting though that you're able to move forward hopefully with the natural cycle and your body like can kind of do the work on its own. That's awesome.
1: I really, really hope because that would be really nice. I feel like I've been on estrogen for like a year. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm um, yeah. And it like messes with you. Estrogen's intense.
1: It really is. I don't think people realize how intense it really is, too. And not only that it just like makes you feel like crap, too. So it does.
0: Yeah. It's so you're just like gross. Like, I don't know all the hormones. It's just a lot. Yeah, definitely.
2: Uh, How is your, how is your husband? I mean, I guess because you guys both were carriers, it wasn't, I'm sure he doesn't feel like the weight was on him for moving into this. How has your husband been dealing with all of this?
1: He's been amazing, super supportive. Awesome. And just like, I can't, talk enough about how amazing he's been through all of it. And I do check in with him too, because I realize that it's probably difficult for them too. But I think it's different. It's difficult in a different way, right? Like he's dealing with me and my anxiety. <laughs> it's
0: true. Yeah.
1: It. Yeah. Exactly. While also having to deal with what's going on too. So I do feel bad about that. But he's been super supportive and he the the chemical pregnancy did did like rock him a little bit. Um because you know you start picturing what life is going to be like. You hear that you have a positive beta, and you start to
2: mm-hmm. start
1: to picture everything, right? Um, So you're grieving that loss too—the loss of like what you've imagined.
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. And I'm sure you guys, well, in, in my experience, grieved very, very differently. At least my husband and I did.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do for sure. Like, I would just be bawling <laughs> out of nowhere, and he's—I would be like, "Why are you crying? <laughs> I'm sad. I'm just not." gonna cry right I'm not now.
0: crying yeah yeah. it's so funny. How different we can be
1: yeah and then one of like we also told so we've been really open with our friends and family about the whole situation that we're like all of this which is really nice we have everyone's been really supportive and we told them all about our transfer and they knew what was happening so I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that or not, because I didn't know if I wanted to tell a bunch of people and then have to tell them again with whether the news was good or bad. Um, But it ended up I was really grateful that I had people to lean on afterwards. It was really nice to have that support from friends and family, too.
0: I think that's the biggest thing that I've heard from people. I feel like I know just from my experience, like I was also like hesitant to tell people. But then at the end of the day. Whether it's good or bad, you like want people to rally around you and to be a support system. Versus for me, I was like, my husband is great, but if I can also have like my mom and my sister and like just people that are going to love on me and encourage me and be there for me, like, it was worth telling everyone.
1: Exactly, and I am like an open book when it comes to if I'm happy or not, or sad or stressed. Like people know right away, so they're going to be like, "Hey, Katie, what what's up? Like, you're not." something's yeah. off.
2: And then and I just, Oh, go ahead, Katie.
1: No, that's okay. I just don't want to like lie about what, how I'm feeling. No, of course. Lie, but.
2: I'm the exact same way. And I feel like for you specifically sharing your story in terms of genetic, you know, a genetic issue could probably help a lot, maybe even friends and family too, of like, okay, well, I didn't even think about this. Maybe I should look into that. If that's a concern we'd have if we were to get pregnant.
1: Yeah. So we actually had like reached out to all my cousins as well, like on my mom's side. Um, And then same with um, Connor's family. So we've had to just tell people like, this is what's going on. I don't know, it is obviously a very personal choice if you want to know or not, Um, but just so you're aware of this, gene runs in our family, so.
2: So moving forward, I mean, fingers super crossed that your next transfer is it and it works and you can do it unmedicated and <laughs> you don't have to have another plan. But but you and your husband have pretty much decided like IVF is the way we're going to build our family through tested embryos.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: That's awesome to be so, so solid on that and to be together on that decision.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 happy with the decision. I obviously wish this wasn't the case for us. Like I wish that we could try naturally, Um, but this is where we're at and this is what we've got, so.
0: Do you have any advice for anyone that maybe just got this diagnosis? Like they both just found out that, okay, we're carriers of not even just cystic fibrosis, but any kind of um, like genetic thing, if they're a carrier of, do you have any advice for someone? Uh,
1: My advice, like if they're choosing to do IVF because of it, Mm -hmm. I guess, Um, my advice would be that, oh my gosh, there's so much
2: (laughs) and share it all. (laughs) I know
1: I am trying to like get it all together in my brain right now, but basically you just have to be patient, be very, very patient and know that it's, it's probably going to be a little bit harder than you thought it would be. Um, and reach out for support from, like we were talking about friends and family, if you're comfortable with doing that also another thing that I think this goes for anybody is just educating yourself on everything too because I find that doctors won't always tell you everything I don't know if it's on purpose or not but if you can go armed to your appointments with with information and ideas that you have that that is huge I think and I've had to do that a lot for myself and 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 it gives you some power and some control so really educate yourself is is very important I would think
0: that's
2: awesome. Do you have anything else you want to share with listeners? I love your story. I am again, so, so hopeful for you. Um, and I'm really hopeful that other, other women listening that might have similar situations can uh, maybe reach out to you, or if they reach out to us, we can send them your way.
1: Yes, of course. I would love that. I love chatting with people Mm -hmm. on Instagram. I don't have an Instagram that's geared towards, um, my fertility journey. It's just my personal Instagram, but I do, I would talk to anybody on there. I don't mind at all every day I'm like, do I want to do one? No, I don't. I don't think I want to
2: do one. <laughs> it's I exhausting. It's a Amanda and I, like, I know this together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It's definitely a lot, but it obviously, you know, has been so encouraging and helpful for other women and stuff too, but we definitely will. If people reach out for sure, send them your way.
1: Awesome. Thanks guys.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on. We are so grateful you shared our st- your story. And I think it really is going to be helpful and encouraging for so many women with similar stories. So thank you for being on, Katie. Thanks season two. <laughs>